Welcome to Light the Sky Metallica episode three, Master of Puppets. Here we are in the prime, or at least still in the ascension of a career. This is the only show that goes album by album, track by track, through some of the greatest transcendal, whatever you would call it, they transcend generations. These artists that lit the sky across multiple generations, it is a show of opinions, and we are ready to share ours with you. Welcome to Master of Puppets, episode three of our Metallica series. Now, Chris, you are starting it off. Give us your Master of Puppets out of 10. Uh, I'm going to give it a 9.5. Yeah, this incredible record. Um, Yeah, not as groundbreaking as... One sentence, Chris. (laughs) Okay. Uh, (laughs) Groundbreaking... um, but uh, not as groundbreaking as um, uh, Ride the Lightning. Okay. Got it. 9.5. Shooting high. Kevin, you're up. I'm going to give it an 8, and my sentence is Metallica does it again. Okay. I'm up next. Uh, I'm going to ring you ring up for a uh, 7. If Metallica met Rush, that's what we have here. Does Ooh. it work? I think so. Does it hold up? Mostly. 7. Alex? Yeah, man, I think I'm going to have to give this one a nine. And I'm going to have to say most influential thrash album ever, question mark. Mm, That's what I'm going to go with. I'm going to give it a nine. Okay, let's get started. Let's jump right in. Cue us up. Master of Puppets. Here we go. say of that clip that i just played there especially starting right there at 348 or something um boy does that sound like what you'd hear on a modern metal album the almost proto blast beat and the guitars going like that i could dig that up on on several post 2000s metal album that have you know more maybe screaming vocals and something like that but i heard that riff and i was like wow does that transcend into the future Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does. You're right. Yeah, that's uh, well, yeah, I mean, this album has influenced God knows how many generations of, uh, of heavy artists. So, yeah, no argument there. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, this is another it's funny comparing it to Ride the Lightning where you've got uh, like a song like Fight Fire with Fire, which has the clean intro, which I in the last episode I felt didn't transition into the heaviness as well. We're here. I mean, that intro is perfect for this oh, song. Yes, it, it, almost ha- it, it almost has like a, like a spaghetti Western feel to it where you almost like where you got the sun rising on like the t- on like the wet old Western town. You've got the posse writing in or whatever. Or the Yeah. And yeah. And just walking into the saloon. It's just got this real like, OK, like some sh- stuff is about to happen. And then again, like Kevin said, it launches into that classic kind of timeless heavy riff. 
and it just rips your face off. I, yeah, very unique song. Again, yeah, here this is where yeah, and a lot of other critics have kind of said this where. Uh, were as groundbreaking as Ride the Lightning was. They kind of took that here and they refined it a little bit. Uh, maybe, again, like I said earlier, maybe not. It, it, it doesn't feel like it, like the quantum leap the Ride the Lightning was, but but you can feel like they kind of found their son and they're, and they're definitely kind of working on where it's much more consistent here, especially on this song where they kind of the clean into the heavy is much more... the con- it's, There's much much better context. Uh, yeah, what else can you say about it? Uh, yeah, Mark or Alex, if you want to jump in. Yeah, no, I was just going to echo that too. I mean, yeah, I thought Ride the Lightning was a huge step up from Kill 'em All, even though Kill 'em All is my, my third favorite Metallica re- uh, album just for nostalgia reasons. You could, anybody could just tell Ride the Lightning was just a more impressive album from Kill 'em All. And then you put on something like this, and it's like, man, how much juice do these guys have in the tank? It's like, how? Do, yeah. <laughs> it's only like a couple years after the fact, and it's like they just skyrocketed. They got all this talent, and I was reading that. They really sort of gar- garnished a, a perfectionist attitude in the studio, so I think they took a lot more time when it came to recording and getting things tight, and, and I feel like you could really hear that, especially in a song as fast and as clinical as this. I mean, I, I, I watch live videos of this song, and I'm just like, how do they play this live, and how does... More more importantly, how does James play this live and sing at the same time and it's locked in and Lars is flying on the double kick at the end there? I mean, what an amazing opener. And yeah, I'll say, even though it does have the acoustic intro, which I read they were sort of trying to structure the album similarly to Ride the Lightning. You know, you have that acoustic intro into a thrash song and then the title track is the long song and then you got a ballad a little bit further down in the record. Um, I think, yeah, you guys are right i think the clean intro fading into that thrash beat works a little bit better than fight fire with fire even though i did like how they did it there they they really honed it in here this is a huge huge song for them you know picking up on kevin's point about how this became the prototype for so much metal going forward and uh, boy there's a lot of it um uh, especially kind of in the you know 90s into 2000s and all the metal acts that were on the scene and you know i, I you can't hold metallica against that because they you know they were 20 years ahead of the game obviously that was that was uh you know to their credit but i almost feel like as a listener in 2020 i mean here's how i think of it in in 2005 you know, the a- Apple blew up and we had some pre-show complaining about Apple. So like we're, you know, I, I don't want to talk about how great <laughs> they are all the time because they certainly aren't. And I don't know if Kevin wants me to hear it, but, you know, they came out with something called a thousand songs in your pocket. And uh, it was the iPod. And now in 2020, I have millions of songs at my voice. I can just tell my smart speaker to play whatever, whether it's Metallica or whether it's 500,000 European metal bands or American metal bands, whatever. Um, And so in that sense, like when I want to put on some good metal, like I have so much to choose from that I might not choose Metallica as good as this is. So that was kind of my opening point, and I'm going to get at this a couple of times in the record. That um, you know, does it hold up? Yes, but there's you know, this was so 
template setting that you know other bands might have done the template a little bit better even if they didn't create it and you know especially those blast beats at the end it's like well that, that's pretty cool and i'm sure for 1986 that was mind-blowing um but i've heard that so many times and uh i don't know like i can't fault metallica for it so i don't know how to feel about it mm. uh, well i like the way this discussion is going for sure um do we want to move on? We'll move on to Master of Puppets here? Yeah, sure. you know, one thing on this transition here that I have to say as we transition, because did anyone else catch sure. that the sound changed from battery? Like the guitar tones felt different with the Master of Puppets intro? Yeah, like it's, it it's just a, felt... Like it's it a different amp. It's, it's, it's di- yeah, yeah, it's a different amp. Uh, yeah, they're yeah. not they're not using Marshalls anymore. They they moved to the uh, which are now legendary and very sought after uh, the uh, the Mesa Boogie uh, Mark II C plus. Yeah, but within the album, like, uh, like it yeah, sounds different from, than from battery. battery. The song to master. Of Puppets, oh, you mean as far where it's yeah, sound. it's much denser. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that was just a. Uh, I don't know if, uh, if maybe that was just a conscious uh, uh, approach just for that because battery it's going to be a lot denser, a lot more kind of meter lower in the lower registers. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely is. I don't think. Uh, yeah, there might be maybe one other song here that kind of gets into this that heavy territory. Uh, but sure. uh, I, I understand yeah, a lot of the other songs are much more melodic and much more kind of yeah, like normal musical pieces. Sure. Uh, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll dig into that as we go along. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think you might have found that 30 seconds there. That's a pretty good uh, <laughs> that's like a laughing into the intro to my pod, my, my voice here. That might be kind of an interesting uh, uh, proposition. Um, you know, since you play that, I kind of have to pull up something uh, with that they were doing with those those guitar, that very echoey guitar. Um, might be innovative, might not be, because uh, Kevin, can you hear where this might be from? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Anybody yeah, yeah, pick yeah. up any GTR and some Steve Hackett <laughs> from 1980? I was I was th- I was thinking from the Yes Tree as yeah. well for that. <laughs> I, I I liked it. I liked the little inclusion. Did yeah. that rec- did that record bad. come out prior to Master of Puppets? Yeah, around the, that was '85, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. So a year before. Yeah, yeah okay. I could. That's a possibility. Well, it's more maybe a it question of their experimentation that they had available in the studio and their dedication that they were. You know, even if they didn't hear GTR, which I. I I would be very. It would blow my mind if James Hetfield came out and said that. You know, hey, that GTR record, really big influence on our playing. When the heart rules the mind. Uh, right. Great record, but you know, it's a totally different thing here. Um, I mean, there's so much yeah. to talk about in this. Uh, yeah. So let's just get it started. You guys take it away. 
Um, all right, yeah, this is, I mean, it's probably outside of uh, Inner Sandman, probably the, one of the definitive me uh, Metallica song. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, again, it's, it's, it's a heavy opus uh, in a band that had a lot of those, but this one, I think, has probably stood more the test of time. Uh, I know, I, Kevin, I sent you a bunch of parts on here. I'm just trying to figure out where to start. Sure, <laughs> yeah, Chris, are you setting it up for a Terminate? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, yeah, I, 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 he builds it up to just get rid of it. Yeah, I, I don't think I, I don't think I could, I could live with myself if I cut this one. Um, but yeah, again, yeah, this is really where you see James kind of, as far as kind of uh, honing his uh, commentary or social commentary uh, here, talking about the uh, yeah, as far as addiction to cocaine. And again, I just love the way that he just kind of weaves the uh, uh, the story. Mm -hmm. And I love the line, and I kind of, I, I put this in parentheses because I think it's a perfect uh, summation of as far as somebody who's addicted to drugs. Yeah, you're dedicated to how I'm killing you. Yeah, as far as just really paying attention to the lady, I thought that was like, yeah, that was, yeah. And you could also say that's somebody who's in it too. Like, okay, you could say, because this was kind of when they were approaching their peak of their issues with, with alcohol, drugs, and whatever. So it's kind of, it almost feels like somebody who had, who's lived it, who has had the experience. Uh, so yeah, I just uh, kind of always appreciated that. Uh, and again, there's a lot going on. There's heavy parts. Um, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, Kevin, if you could queue up, uh, let's see. Um, let's start with the clean part. Yeah, uh, 333. Yeah, I mean, this... You could almost draw a straight line through that whole section. Like I said, I pretty much had those like two minutes from that point on. Because again, there's just so much yeah. going on. You've got the clean part. You've got James and Kirk harmonizing. Uh, you've got the break into the heavier part mixed in with the clammy. It's just a lot of really beautiful stuff going on. Kevin or um, Chris, did you have 550? Can you pull up 550? Uh, I had 543. Okay. I kind of yeah. had where the, the, the solo part. Yeah. What a quiet riot sounding pull on that guitar out of nowhere. Yeah. Where'd that come from? There's a from? lot. Like, I, you know, it's funny. I can't get that because I think Kevin threw out that word like the Weedle solo or whatever. Yeah, there's a little bit of it. But you know, it's funny. Yeah. I just have to say this. I saw somebody else mention the Weedle today oh, right. after <laughs> I was reading about Thrash. It was in terms of Slayer, though, not oh, okay. Slayer. Again, I'm some, like, yeah. I'm not the only have one. Yeah, there's, they, they have a little there. bit more. They've gotten, I mean, at least at this point with the third album, they've gotten a little bit better. At, yeah, it's still there, but it sounds like a little bit, I don't know, maybe it's the production is a little bit better where you kind of, or it fits a little better where you kind of just like, okay, I'll let, they, I'll let them get away with it. Yeah, this time it's like it fits into the narrative. Uh, but yeah, just that, I would, yeah, that, yeah, um, that, that clean part, though, I know uh, Mark had suggested, uh, I think what was that earlier, uh, as far as the 30 seconds, I we can argue later, but I thought that part, the clean, because again, whenever you see a Metallica documentary or whatever, you always, yeah, they always play that part, and I think that really kind of sums up that era. Uh, just the, uh, uh, how the pre-chorus leads into the chorus. Uh, yeah, Kevin, if you could queue up 136, and I probably should have thrown that out first, it's just, yeah, there's just so much to talk about here. Bam! 
yeah, that's just, yeah. Again, you can see they're really kind of, as far as just, again, I use the term, yeah, delivering the story down. Yeah, and they just have really gotten a much better grasp. Well, again, well, that would the, influence. The way that they use the time yeah. signatures in that, uh, especially the verse, that 4-4, uh, and then there's a 3-4, there's a beat drop from every I minute. Mean, it almost kind of makes me think of, if it's about cocaine addiction, like your heart skipping a beat or something. I love that. Right, right. Right. Totally agree. Yeah, it's interesting. I was going to make the note about the time signatures, too. That's that the point I was going to break. Mark stole it right oh. from me, but but I, I like that inclusion. You know, no, that's a, it's a great point. And uh, it, I think it makes this song a little bit more interesting than it otherwise would be. You get that kind of shifting sense, you know, and I, and I love the little drum fill that they, the touch with the cymbals that's going on with with the time signature change in the verses and you feel it sometimes in the clean sections there's a there's an odd one thrown in here i like that it makes the you know it's eight and a half minutes feel like four when it's all yeah. said and done it's a song that when i hear and i hear the beginning of it i think oh not again and then you, yeah, you right. into it and you're just like yeah that was i, I see why yeah. Yeah. No, Mark, I, I'll be quick here, but I was going to say the same thing. I mean, obviously, like Chris said, maybe the second most or who knows, arguably the first most popular Metallica song. And it's like one where I feel like you go to Guitar Center and it's almost like a smoke on the water kind of thing. It's like, yeah, like like no no stairway, no master puppets. It's like it's like that's the riff that Number everybody two, tries yeah. to play. And I mean, of course, it's super impressive, especially if you could play it all down picking like the band does. I mean, it's one thing to yeah. alternate pick it. I mean, it's easier that way, but the down pick it is, is unreal. Um, but yeah, I, my favorite parts have always been that clean section that Chris, you played earlier. I actually really like that part. And I was listening to it today and I'm like, yeah, I've heard this song so many times. Like, I don't know if I need to hear it again. And then I forgot about the riff right at the very end of the solo. And this is actually going to be my first request for a sound clip here. So if you could, somebody could queue up uh, around six minutes at the very end mm-hmm. of the solo, he gets out of that whammy bar and it's like the hardest riff. It's like, it's so good. I mean, I feel like there's so many like hardcore bands, like hardcore punk bands that like take that, that, that idea, it's like groovy and it makes you kind of want to dance and it's just so angry and like makes you want to pit. It's great. I just thought I I love that part of this song so much. I mean, that's where like the influence on a lot of those like later punk and hardcore bands like that came after them, I feel like people took that part and ran with it. So yeah, I mean, there's so much in this song. It's a long song, but it really doesn't yeah. get boring. It's it's a journey across yeah. the whole thing and I mean, right. amazing riffage and amazing solos and great moods and yeah, it's a popular song for yeah. a reason. There are more so. riffs in this song than bands had across their entire career. No, I know. Like, yeah, that's why. Riffs. Yeah. Yeah, it's, one- it, it's funny too because you say like it it's not boring, you know, things like that. It's funny because now the most boring part is the beginning just because, you know, you said that guitar center riff, you know, just because of that, that that becomes the most boring part. But yeah, Yeah. it's not necessarily the band's fault. You just dig into it and you love it. It's just not the band's fault, I think. It's just that it was so copied after this. Right. I mean, that's like with any any band, I mean, that becomes massive. I mean, you don't 
you know, you put something out there and then it takes on a life of its own, whether or not you get sick of it at some point, you do, I mean, that's up to, but sometimes you have no control over mm-hmm. yeah, the impact, sure. which, uh, hey, Kevin, I know I do, we don't want to spend a lot of more time on here. I just wanted to point out one more part um, as far as, yeah, at 510. Okay, I love, that's exactly where I was going to call out to. You are, okay, I, oh, okay. as far as imagery, I love how the verses with the riff kind of, and you, you can kind of hear it in the, in the verses, what James You know, yeah, tr- calling out is uh, yeah, yeah, Mark. Yeah, before I, I didn't want to cut you off. Um, yeah, where you kind of hear like the person at the center of the story is almost crying out, like you know, I've been doing this and it's all turning out to be like BS. I mean, as far as the life that I've been living, you know, not, I haven't achieved, I haven't gotten. Yeah, so I thought that was a very astute observation as far as somebody who's had a lifelong addiction and what the ultimate reality is. Yeah, and I think that part in the riff, I don't know how, how, how again how they, yeah, not to drool over. Yeah, the band, but it's like, it was, it was very, I, that's one thing I could always give James. He was very good at social commentary. You'll hear me talking about that a lot throughout this show. That the, the, the probably hear it more than anything, anywhere else. Yeah, he really kind of paints a picture like, yeah. And I, maybe that's why this album resonated so much because of just his ability to weave those lyrical uh, ideas. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Mark, you can jump yeah, in. Musically, yeah, musically, let me play that back. Let's drop back here. Okay, that part to me right there, we just did a whole Van Halen discography. To me, what pops into my head is a slowed down Hot for Teacher. Hmm. Hmm. Never thought about that. I mean, just maybe it's the drumming. I don't know. It's just, you know, uh, Lars and Alex, I've never really even put the two together in terms of like, they, they, they don't sure. go in the same category in my head. So I never really thought of it before. But I was just thinking like, yeah, that just the band is a slow motion machine, like as much of a, you know, coked up, um, you know, maybe that's not appropriate. But, you know, like that Van Halen was <laughs> on speed, like they were on some serious speed. Like and this is Metallica was exploring the darker side of that. And you just have this this machine churning midway through right. the song, almost like it's like a death march. And then fitting in with Chris's lyrical points there, that you know, promised only lies. I mean, that's right. just that's so fitting. Yeah. All right. Can I just say, yeah. before we move on, incredible album cover. Yep. Oh it yeah, it really is. Yeah, that's, right. <laughs> that's why <what> <laughs> we're gonna. Yeah. Um, let's move on to the thing that should not be.
take a minute to go on a sh- very short and brief rant Please. about Metallica fans here. <laughs> yes, um, uh, you, you 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 hear online these days about how oh yeah I've been a Metallica fan since you know seventy two before they were even <laughs> <in> that band. <laughs> when they were babies. And, yeah. you know, came out of the Metallica back, fan. Uh, yeah, and, and and I got the Black Album, and I listened to it and threw it right in the trash. And are you kidding me? Because I, all I have to say is that if you update this song production-wise in five years and put it on the Black Wherever Album, how, how can you not see that album? Co- yeah, yeah. Where, how can you not see that that album co- come in with this song? Mm-hmm. It sounds just like something that they were to do later yeah. on. Yeah, it's giving me like a wolf yeah, Don't act all surprised. A little bit. Yeah, don't don't act all surprised when you put on the Black Album. They've been doing this stuff, you yeah. know, two, three yeah, albums I mean, it's like ago. Bob Rock heard so, this song and said, okay, here's Wherever I May Roam. That's that's my touch on this, because that's uh, yeah. right there. And this song rocks. It does. Yeah, it it's, does. Kinda, it, it's without a chorus, so when I was talking last album, and that uh, I think they should have pitched the chorus on, uh, what was it, uh, Ride the Lightning, maybe? Um, you would have had this, so... Uh, I don't think it was Ride the Lightning, but um, you know th- this song. I think it was been, actually. Yeah, this song was. Uh, uh, it's one of those things where you can't hold Metallica fault because I'm sure the thing that should not be sounded pretty cool and sinister in the year 1986. In 2020, yeah. it sounds like a bad black ma- metal alias. It sounds like like some band performing Aragith <laughs> oh. and the thing that should not be. Like it just. <laughs> Like, I don't know, like it just didn't really hold up the quiet as well, but, you know, do you fault them for that? I don't know. Maybe I'll stick to the music here because it is a killer, killer dark riff. <laughs> yeah. and, you know, I, I hear something, too, that's, uh, again, you know, to take it out of that killer sense. Take a listen to this. Really, really subtle in your right ear, and slowly left. I hear Unchained. Well, yeah, it's dropped. Well, Drop D as well. It's I think drop this is the old. Yeah. And it's got that slow pulse, that, that phaser, I guess, or flanger yeah. would it be? I'm not sure. Yeah, flanger. Um, yeah. Uh, flanger, yeah. Yeah, I guess another example of the studio work that they had the time, the budget, and you know maybe just the, the free reign to do so that they were uh, able to experiment with those kind of things. Again, not saying that James is going to put uh, fair warning on his favorite albums list, but uh, I, 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 you know, I like that uh, some of those things are starting to hear add a little bit more depth to these songs. Uh, yeah yeah this is kind of an interesting i mean yeah the, the riff i mean is just great but it's funny after digging a little deeper into the as far as the story i love it when james writes about again social commentary i think he's very good at doing that but if here it just the song feels kind of out of place a little bit you know with this another i think he was going for another like call of cthulhu but with lyrics here uh where it's another uh, was it a uh, lovecraft um i think that was based on what, what where the story for this comes from it's again an uh, a, uh, a sea monster and again very metal topic uh, I, I just yeah of course you got just any but I just thought for a band that was kind of moving forward more kind of dealing with more reality I thought this was kind of a weird uh, but again <laughs> deal with yeah uh, but again, I'm sorry, de- dealing with reality as a band. Yeah, deal. Well, go deal with reality. Yeah, right. No, which I, which I thought, which I mean, which I thought was, I mean, because again, if James didn't have a strong grasp of writing about some of these topics, I would say, okay, just another kind of just angry like punk band or whatever. But no, this is a little bit. Yeah, he always took a little bit closer look at uh, you know, what he was writing about. But here, it's just kind of like, okay, we've got 
yeah, song about yeah, just fighting. We got a song about drug addiction. Now we have a song about like a sea monster. Where it's like, okay, <laughs> right, okay, I can see the. All right, I can see where the maybe maybe if who knows maybe they could they should have put this on Ride the Lightning and cut Call of Cthulhu and actually put like a maybe I would have. Uh, not, not that I still don't love this song, but I think, but it, not, sorry, yes, yeah, sorry, Dave, um, but uh, uh, but maybe I don't know, maybe that would have uh, maybe that would have worked a little bit better for me. So again, the riffs, like you guys said, I mean, that's sure. just a bump, bump, bump. I mean, you just feel it in your gut. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, after kind of again listening to it more objectively and critically, yeah, that's yeah, as far as just the the lyrical content, kind of kind of fell a little flat for me. Well, I mean, just listen to that yeah. intro and picture in your head a sinister rhino coming at you oh, no. in slow motion. No, I know that's, I mean, yeah, like I said, I just, I just, I just, it just felt weird here amongst a lot of, uh, a lot of very different, yeah. kind of, cause again, this is probably I the only it. song. I mean, look, I, I opened it up yeah. complaining about the song title, so. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I, so, per- I personally kind of dig the song title. It's very ear. I feel like it fits. Like if you listen to the music of the song, you're like, Oh yeah. That's absolutely the title of the song. It just, it works so well. And I just picture like, you know, the, this Loch Ness monster under the sea, you know, it's like a cold, rainy, cloudy day in Scotland and it's off the coast and it's just evil and they're in a castle. And I don't know, maybe that imagery is weird, but just that's what comes into my head when I hear this. And yeah, I mean, I don't think they ever did anything in Drop D prior to this. And that is an interesting point. If they would have put this on Ride the Lightning, uh, yeah, that could have worked. But I think what makes this song so impactful is honestly just the production and the guitar tone on this record. Because like they really got that really tight woofy uh guitar tone that i talk about but it's so dialed in here and it you you just like you said you feel it in your gut and this song is just so hard and i think it's amazing i love how it kind of dips down during the verses and then it kind of builds up as uh james sort of finishes that verse line and it goes into that you know, back into that stompy kind of riff and getting into the guitar solo here, I was paying attention to it today. It starts to kind of get into like Slayer territory where the notes don't really make sense. Like they're not really in a key. It's just kind of, it's that weedle weedle, but it's kind of chaotic and evil and satanic (laughs) and the bar is just going nuts. And you could just hear like Carrie King and Jeff Hanneman just coming into the studio, laying this one down where it's Mm. like, I'm not really trying to craft a sonically pleasing solo. I'm just trying to, you know, incorporate a mood here. And I think it works really well with the song. And I've always loved this song. It's always been a fun one to play. I love the, the sort of two note. I don't know what you would call those, um, those notes. He's not playing like full on power chords. He's only kind of playing like the, uh, what do you want to call that? Like the, the third and the fifth maybe of the, of the power chord where it's just sort of like the two note power chord. Um, the back half of it so i don't know i'd have to figure out the exact term of that but yeah i just yeah, i, I yeah, love the upper, yeah, vo- kev, like the upper voice sure thing, right? yeah right yeah kev yeah before we cut off on this one um if you could queue up 419 uh if i have to give credit as far as uh, kind of a, a guitar part kind of almost give, making you picture the monster in the story uh, i think this part really kind of there's like this weird little thing with the guitar
Yeah, there's. I don't know yeah. what that is. It sounds like yeah, screaming or that. like yeah, just like where somebody's kind of falling into the abyss. I thought that was kind of cool. Again, that's <laughs> going back to what Alex said. I almost you could say that has kind of a Slayer vibe to it too. But let's move on here to uh, Welcome Home Sanitarium. Keep him tight and makes him well. He's getting better, can't you tell? Song closer to Def Leppard or Queensrÿche? Uh, I would say Queensrÿche. Queensrÿche. <laughs> I hear a little bit of Def Leppard in there. If you listen uh, to the solo, uh, maybe maybe it a little, a little bit. Steve Clark like. I mean, yeah, there's it's a little melodic, bit. Of, it I mean, sounds maybe like Billy's Got a Gun or Die Hard the Hunter. Okay. Oh, okay. Sure. I, I can't some, hear of the, some of those deep cut it, yeah, Def Leppards. Yeah, I we're like talking that. about pour some sugar on me. You know, just before you <laughs> cut off the, you know, cut this podcast, pull the plug. <laughs> we're talking Def Leppard on this because it's. I, I feel there's there's a little bit in there. I mean, you could say that the uh, the ver the choruses are harmonized. Um, you know, obviously not to the degree of a Def Leppard, but has Metallica had a harmonized chorus before? I don't think so. Um, I mean, it's it's kind of a cool little background touch, too. I could almost hear a Def Leppard cover of this, which would be the weirdest thing in the world, but I think it would actually work. Yeah, that would okay, be I cool see to that. listen to. Um, <laughs> Even photograph, so yeah, too, I, with that part there, or uh, stage fright, sorry. Uh, with that, just that chunky... Yeah, not to throw this out there, I don't know, maybe if Alex caught this in just some of the research, that I guess the kit that Lars used for the recording was actually borrowed from Rick Allen. Did you know that? I thought that was kind of a weird... So maybe, I don't know, maybe there was some... Maybe, yeah, Lars was like a secret Leopard fan. There is a connection. Yeah, there is a connection. But yeah, this is another song, especially at the beginning, that paints a picture. I mean, you got that intro. Bold idea. master of puppets. Welcome home, sanitarium, please. Yeah. Anyway, that's throwing me off again. But yeah, this song, again, is another kind of kind of a, a journey song i mean the intro kind of paints the picture of like a movie like the beginning of a movie you could see it like they're approaching the sanitarium it's very quiet it's got this very interesting kind of ominous clean part uh, and then again it launches into the yeah again like every metallica song you got the heavy uh of course you got the heaviness uh i know it's it's funny yeah kevin you cut it off right before one of the main points i wanted to point out with this song right at the end of that uh, uh of your um uh, demo clip uh before it goes back into the vocals i think it was around four Oh, eight. Uh, yeah, I call it like kind of like the mental mutiny part where you can see the. Yeah, yeah I love it. Yeah, that's. I just always love that again. That's. Love the beat that's, that Jar Lars pounded out there, too. 
Yeah, it's very da 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 da. Yeah, it's got this mm-hmm. very, and it kind of fits James's inflections very well as far as I delivers the. Where you can you can kind of picture somebody screaming out. I play yeah. a little bit of drums, not too much, but I could tell if you gave me that part, I would struggle to come up with a beat to that rhythm. <laughs> like it just feels like, and he did a great job. So credit to Lars there. Sure, absolutely. You know, for a while, this song felt like uh, "Fade to Black" Part mm-hmm. Two. Mm-hmm. For me, Fourth track, yeah. but it, I, I feel like it's got a charm of its own, mm-hmm. especially doing these these uh, albums back to back as we did. But I, I feel like Fade to Black. I, I I wouldn't say it's darker, but it's it's more like this desperation that this kind of like internal moodiness Suicide, yeah. that Fade to Black paints. Yes, this and this is is kind of it's got a touch of aggression to it. That, mm-hmm. that I like, and, and it sets it apart. Yeah. I, I mean, this is, again, a, a fantastic song, uh, one that I love playing on guitar. Yeah, that's a good point, Kev. And I think that's kind of how they structured this album, like I was saying earlier, uh, kind of mirroring it off of Ride the Lightning, where on the four spot you get that ballad. Uh, so they were trying to sort of copy Fade to Black there. And, and personally, in my opinion, not that I, I dislike Fade to Black, but I just prefer the song a lot more. Uh, it's, it's got more replay value for me. If it comes on, I'm definitely more committed to listening to the whole thing and appreciate it. And yeah, just this is kind of one that I, uh, for as a guitar player, I kind of use to almost test the clean tone on my amp. Just playing mm. that opening, <laughs> that opening line with the harmonics and the open E, and then sort of into that um, that pedal tone with the E, where he's moving those notes. That beginning clean part, if you kind of know what I'm talking about, the do 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 do. Yeah, you know what the part I'm yeah. talking about. Yeah. But yeah, I mean that part is fantastic, sure. and then it gets super heavy, and yeah, just a really uh, a great song. I never really looked much into the uh, lyrical content of this song, but I guess. F- you know, just from reading here that he was sort of inspired by, uh, was it One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, sort of having to do with like an insane mm-hmm. asylum, which is, you know, right. one of my fantastic, fantastic movie if you haven't had a chance to see it. But yeah, this is, uh, sure. it's just crazy that like every song so far, I mean, and that's kind of how it was on Ride the Lightning too, but like everything is so strong on here. And it's like, man, yeah. how did they, how did they do all this? Was this like, you know, just Cliff really stepping up? Yeah. Or, or I think, just more yeah. experience on the road. I don't know what, but yeah, I, I think they've I think they've discussed and admitted. Yeah, that Cliff's classical training did. Yeah, did oh, kind of. I guess Cliff, a massive. Yeah, I guess reading here, Cliff didn't really have any part on this song, but I'm, I mean, I'm sure he did. It just well, well, yeah, not, well it's it's it's, it's, it's yeah. more it's it's more as far as just what he brought because you yeah. know James and Kirk are starting to think more like almost like composers versus mm-hmm. just kind of well, not that they weren't bear drinking like rockers, but yeah, again, there's some there's a lot of musical depth that I don't think at least in 1986 you didn't see that anywhere. Well, not, not to get oh, too far sad, ahead yeah. of ourselves, yeah. but, you know, the next record did not have Cliff. Um, you know, uh, sadly, he passed away. Um, spoiler alert. <laughs> but um, yeah. the, it, it was even more musically complex than this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Well, let's let's move on to another long song in Disposable Heroes.
just going to say this. Uh, a lot of great parts to this song, but there's something about it that just hasn't clicked with me yet. So I'm just going to tell tell to the group, convince me on this song. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll admit, I mean, it's a, it's a little long. Um, I think it's better constructed then, because I know I think on the first record, I think I, as much as I'd like no remorse, I think I criticized it for being a little long and not having like the very cohesive kind of multiple parts like you'd see on a lot of their later songs. Uh, but I think this is a great, uh, again, this is a very dense rocker that I think, again, fits the theme of, uh, again, this is another war song from James, uh, focusing on um, a soldier's duty in the eyes of the uh, commanding officer. And I think, yeah, again, yeah, James has, again, has gotten a real, uh, real skill as far as kind of writing and painting a picture, uh, especially with lines like, uh, no one to play soldier now, no one to pretend, where it's like, okay, that's very astute for somebody who probably was not in the military uh thinking like yeah. okay it doesn't matter it's like we're on the battlefield now it doesn't matter now now you got to do what you what you were trained to do regardless of what's going on inside i always yeah again just appreciating or maybe just as a lyricist myself i always appreciate little uh yeah the people that uh, that go in deep like that um and kev i like how you played that uh, that, that lead part where you've got that very melodic kind of again i and that's what has helped me on the later Metallica records, where they bring it together with these unique parts, with all the wheedling again. We're gonna, gonna again. And that's something that you're, that you're gonna hear throughout this. Alert. Uh, yeah, wheedle. Yeah, Kevin. Kevin's wheedle moments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, again, this is uh, this is a rager. This is a dense song. I don't think it was meant to be as complex as anything else uh, on this. Uh, but again, I'll agree. I think if if I had one quip, maybe you could have cut a few. I don't know, maybe 20 seconds off of off of the song just to kind of make it a little bit shorter. But I think it gets its point across. Uh, um, and, I, and I love yeah, the ending part. Yeah, Kevin, if you could cue that 720, I think it's a great way. It's got a real cinematic end to the song. Again, yeah, this is a again a song with uh, with very a lot of imagery that uh, between the lyrics and uh, the music itself. I mean, you got that again. You, it's got a very climactic ending, and even the beginning of the song. I mean, you can hear with just that basic kind of just yeah, just James uh, yeah picking away, where you can almost feel like they're like on the edge of battle, like we could see like the the yeah the army coming over the hills. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, I think it gets mm-hmm. I think it gets the job done. I think it does without getting overly complex. Yeah, you just want to you just want when you're talking about war, you just want to dense and just punch to the gut. And I think that I think they do it very well here. Kevin, I'll try sure. to convince Mark, you. Mark, yeah, what do you think? Uh, I would convince you based on the excerpt that you played with that solo. Um, I, I you know I, I'm not a huge Kirk Hammett fan. Um, you know, respect his work, but it's just, he's not the guitarist for me. He doesn't inspire me to pick up a guitar and learn, uh, you know, take the time to parse through his work and learn it. Uh, I say that solo might be uh, an exception to that. That's a, a really nice solo. Um, it's, it's not just 
a weedle weedle. I mean, it's got some yeah. uh, melodic <laughs> lyrical moments and uh, even a little bit of the era too. It definitely sounds like 1986 for better or for worse. Uh, it, it it does. You know, it's it's like a I would call it an addition to uh, uh, the era uh, in terms of a solo. Like it's it's not just a uh, uh, you know here's another shred solo, but it's 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 a bit well constructed. So I will see on an eight and a half minute song. Consider the solo. It might be worth waiting around for. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. yeah, I was gonna jump on that as well, and I'm glad you part played that part as well, Kev, because you listen to his solo, and it, it almost shifts in mood, where there's some parts where it's really kind of chaotic and minor, and then there's parts where it almost gets really kind of angelic and poppy and, and happy sounding, so he, he's kind of balancing the dark and the light in this solo uh, quite a bit, I think, which is really cool. And uh, actually, one of my favorite parts might be the simplest part of the whole song, but it's the very beginning uh, when James is just literally chugging on a low E, like the dun 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 dun. I don't know why I love that part so much. I think it's the the combination of that with you know the uh, the bass slide in from Cliff, and then just the those, yeah. simple well there's that but the part after that where it hits and then the the cymbals yeah. swell in and it's just that low right. e chug and then just you know lars coming in with that groove with the re- reverberation on the drums yeah. it sounds like he's down a hallway and i've always really loved that part i love the vocals mm-hmm. the back to the front is one kind of yeah. like you said it's like you could see you know twenty thousand people just kind of Chanting the hill, yeah, right, yeah. And this is one where, again, I'm, I'm going to keep hitting on this because I'm really seeing it, but just the uh, the parallels between the track listing and Ride the Lightning where, okay, we're opening up side two here for, for those who ever have the vinyl, and this is where a Trapped Under Ice would be, and I could almost, in a way, kind of parallel it to that, and I believe you did terminate that one, Kev, so it might be kind of hard, <laughs> hard to convince you here. Terminating but, those side twos. Yeah, it might be hard to convince you, but I think this song and Leopard Messiah are very much the uh, the the the, uh, the A B comparison to Trapped Under Ice and Escape. So I, I think it's cool. I, I right. think they they followed that formula well and maybe did it a little bit better here with some stronger songs. So well, we'll have to see if you manage to convince me or not when we get to our uh, Love It or Flush It. Uh, let's move on to Leper Messiah here.
Vlad. I thought you were going to cut that part off. <laughs> that part is so cool. I, I kind of have a, a story about this song. So back, back in high school, I was probably freshman, sophomore year. Uh, I, you know, as Kevin knows, where we went to high school, my first band with, was with some guys that uh, were from our high school. And then my second band, since I lived about a half an hour away from my high school, I usually hung out in my hometown during the summers, and I would hang out with a lot of the public school kids from my, my hometown, and I would be in bands with those guys. And I remember I had a friend named Frank who Metallica was hands down his favorite band, and he really got me into this band a lot. And this was his favorite Metallica song ever. So he kind of made me, because this is usually a song, it's a deep cut, it's not one that you would normally go to on this record. And he always begged us to cover this at the shows and stuff like that. And eventually the, the drummer and I learned it and surprised him once and he freaked out and <laughs> cried. But uh, yeah, this is just a super cool song where he's like, yeah, this is my favorite song. I'm like, all right, well, if he likes it this much, there's got to be something to it. And I'm going to check it out. And it really is a super cool song. This might be my stock is rising song in this album album just because i feel like it's usually forgotten about but mm. it is one that they do uh play live uh every now and then and i think this kevin stalks kevin, on the yeah, rise yeah. and this was another one where when i saw them i actually went to the show with frank and i was praying that you know they were going to bust this one out for him and alas they did not but uh oh, they, it they, 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 yeah but they have they have oh. played this whole album in its entirety and they've you know, scattered these songs, you know, over set lists all over the years. So they've played everything. But yeah, I love the groove. This is a cool one to play in guitar where the groove that like that kind of opening those opening hits too you, you listen to it and you think okay that sounds like it'd be probably pretty simple it's probably just power chords but if you really listen closely and you look up tabs for it sort of the chord voicings are a little different than you would expect it's kind of playing um like some harmony chords and and not just a simple like three three five power chord he's kind of throwing some interesting stuff in there that make it sound cool so yeah i, I think this is a super super fun song and I'm going to jump in real quick before Mark, but unless I'm mistaken, I don't think Metallica has quite played everything live because I believe one of my favorite Metallica songs of all time is still off that list, but we'll get there. So uh, go ahead, sure. Mark. You know, uh, I'm going to go the other way with the song, and I'm going to uh, give this a uh, Mark Stocks on the Sink. Uh, no! <laughs> I don't know, like, this is one of those songs that I always kind of, uh, you know, like, I, I, I would take the time to listen to this because I was so overtired of the other songs on the album. And mm -hmm. I don't know, like, it, it's almost like a paint-by-numbers Metallica to me. Um, every time they go to that galloping rhythm that, uh, Kevin, you selected, I just kind of, like, think, again, maybe we get into that heavy metal hoedown again. Um, oh boy! Uh, oh jeez! You know, like that just kind of like ruins it for me. And, oh god, and, there it and is. The whole die, die, die. Like he's dead already. Die. He's dead. Die. Like he's done. Like, get off the die. You know, like it's so much cooler. Last record with that die by my hand. Like that's just sure. And this almost sounds like like if you were like making a fake Metallica, you just have a bunch of like teenage slobs in a garage, just being like, all right, I got some cool lyrics. How about this one? Die. 
die, die. And I'm just like, oh. D- dude, you emptied the mag into the guy already. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> just like, and this is what I'm talking about too. Like when I was talking about the beginning, when there's so much good metal to listen to, it's like, would I want to listen to this when I could be listening to something like this? I mean, I'm a huge Bodum fan, so like you'll hear this a lot from me and maybe you'll be <laughs> sick of it. But, um, you know, there's just, you know, 1986 versus, you know, in 2020, I can listen to anything in 1986. I'm sure this was the top of the world. Uh, but to me in 2020, as a listener uh, and as a show of opinions, I'm going to express my opinion that I could uh, uh, I could leave this song. I guess you could see where I might be going with it. All right, Chris, round us out. <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny. I guess uh, I'm trying to think of if there's any other group of bands that are in the same kind of boat as far as speaking out against televangelism. And all I can think of is them and Genesis. <laughs> yeah, Jesus, he yeah. knows me. And, and, Lep- and Leper Messiah, too critical. I knew we were going to get a Phil oh, mention yeah. eventually. Didn't, didn't I don't know why that, song, like, uh, I don't know why I was like... <laughs> That is very interesting company to have. I mean, I can't think of any other. I'm sure there is, but as far as by an iconic band, I can't think of any other bands besides those. Jesus, two he that knows actually, me. And, and Leper Messiah. Messiah. You got those, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, Jesus can you talk about a country? No. Yeah, we got <laughs> Let's play that out. <laughs> what a dude. Yeah, all right, all right. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, yeah I, I don't, I'm not as critical as... Uh, some of you guys, I, I love the, again, the way, uh, oh, got it. <laughs> I just thought of your, you, you could use a little commentary. Thank you, yeah, no, yeah, you, you, yeah you, made, you made my whole evening. Um, stop throwing me off, we're wasting time here. Uh, <laughs> um, but again, I love, um, again, this is another great, uh, as far as games, lyrical inflections, on, uh, along with the riffs, I think are, Again, you can almost hear like somebody pontificating from uh, a podium. Yeah, Kevin, if you could cue up 102. Yeah, just the way he delivers, I think really kind of, I think, again, you got to give him a little bit of props. Yeah, I always yeah could have appreciated this. And yes, I I think Alex was the one who said this is a very probably the deepest cut on the record, but I it's massively overlooked. I think there's a lot of great moments here. And also, I, agree, I thought uh, I agree. Thank you. Okay, <laughs> there don't. we go. Yeah, I guess there's somebody. At least there's one guy who got my back. Um, Chris, you and all your uh, lyrical uh, complimenting of James. You want to say something about that? Die, die, die. <laughs> That's fine. Like like I said, I mean everybody has a sour moment. Yeah, not uh, I mean, James. <laughs> You gotta. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Because I mean, late, yeah. Later, later on, I mean, we can be very critical. But here, I mean, he's. I think he's doing okay. I mean, considering the other songs. Yeah. Yeah. This is just one tiny little moment where, yeah, you know, maybe it just hit you worse than it hit me. But <laughs> it's okay. I, it's okay in, in my book. Um, sure. Yeah. I also, again, yeah, some of the more unique guitar parts uh, in the song. Yeah, Kevin, if you could also cue up. Uh, it's almost like a solo riff uh, at uh, three fourteen.
That made me think of that a little bit yeah. too. Yeah, you can see as far as influencing future generations. Yeah, there's, uh, uh, but yeah, again, a very underrated track. Uh, but again, it still kind of keeps the the unique melodic. Uh, even there's a sweep picking solo too in here. That's not just a normal kind of pentatonic sweep. Uh, yeah, one more, Kevin. Yeah, three fifty seven, and then we can move on. line that you always first learn when you're learning sweep picking again yeah. this but, is the but comment, it, like yeah. it's cool in 1986 so like yeah. i you know, can't take that away from him yeah yeah that's and again so. yeah you have to look at it from again we're looking at uh, as far as the context at that point in time like okay that was yeah that was pretty okay and again yeah okay you've got yeah people like Ingve who's who preceded them but still i mean probably took it even farther than this but it was nice because I know Kirk gets a lot of crap. I mean, as far as being again, uh, kind of uh, with the wah pedal. I mean, how many wah pedal jokes have there been that have been thrown out there? Mm -hmm. But there was that time in the '80s where, like, yeah, where he kind of, especially in the mid to late '80s, where he kind of had, like, yeah, this is a, yeah, this is a strong lead guitar player here. And then I know in the '90s it kind of became more of just a, yeah, just well, like hard rocks, pentatonic, sure. whatever you want to call it. But here he was, he was okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, let's keep rolling with this album and we're going to go on to uh, Orion. say about this one i mean this is definitely what anesthesia should have been on the first record but again i understand that was the first record they were still very kind of underground finding themselves but yeah they kind of as far as uh, cliff putting like a bass centric uh, instrumental yeah this is it's a, i mean it's an opus i mean it's a magnum opus i mean there's a lot of a lot of incredible moments on this song um i actually had marked here one of my two warm blanket moments uh yeah kevin at 143 if you could mm -hmm. Um... Yeah, I just, yeah, that's just a great kind of, okay, very thick, very, maybe again, because, okay, they've got a little bit more cash in the bank, the production kind of hits you a little bit harder. But I want to focus on, uh, not that the first uh, half of the song isn't great, but yeah, the second half, yeah, starting at about four minutes. Um, there's so many great parts here. I mean, we can probably start at, uh, three fifty nine. The whole track. Yeah, <laughs> it is. That, that, I, 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 <laughs> no, no. I was laughing. I don't know if, if you're making fun of me, but I'll, 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 I'll just, I'll, I'll just assume that you're, uh, that you're, you're, that you're with me on this as far as the positivity. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, again, this is more. You could see I mean, this is, yeah, Metallica trying to write a classical piece, and I think they do very well. Uh, as far as um, yeah, that slow part. Uh, at at around four minutes, where it almost has like a like a kind of a quiet jazzy feel to it, and then you have James and Kirk 
coming in with their harmonizing guitar parts, which again are very unique. Uh, almost has a very non-metal feel to it, even with the high, heavy guitar. Um, and again, yeah, again, giving props to Kirk, uh, especially at, I mean, at least at this point in time. Uh, yeah, Kevin, if you could cue the solo around 457. I can't remember if you played it in the... Yeah, there's just so many parts here. Um, yeah, I was trying. I was trying to figure out how to keep this one under our four minute. <laughs> and there's just, yeah, there's just so much here. Uh, yeah, Kevin, if you could also play, because I want everybody to listen to just to these little parts in this section of the song, just to show the kind of the musical growth of uh, of the band. Um, the 541. Uh, it's kind of like one of the end parts of the solo that just really, it's very filling and very different. Love uh, the bass playing underneath that. Yeah, there is. I mean, there's yeah, just so much, and I had I had more kind of. There's just that whole from about four minutes, uh, yeah, through about yeah, pretty much the end of the song. It's just a very beautiful, almost yeah. It's a solo piece, and I don't think there's any typical rock kind of blues or, or whatever you want to call it moments. I think it's all very classical, all very unique for the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, sure. if you guys want to chime in, uh. uh <sighs> Yeah, I have only two quick points on this. Um, the main riff that that you hear you know, opening this song, yeah. one of my favorite Metallica riffs of all yeah, time. Yeah, I agree, very unique. And <clears throat> number two, and I don't know if Mark will uh, like this or not, <laughs> but a lot of the riffing in the song reminds me of Command and Conquer Red Alert 2. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's a good thing or not. <laughs> well, again, I'm just saying it could, it could be a right? it could it could it could be a good a good thing depending on how you think about it. it could be not. You know, it, Command and Conquer is obviously what kind of you know ten years after this. Hey, Command and so, Conquer yeah. Red Alert 2 is probably the master of puppets of RTS games. <laughs> It's oh, very so. true. Very true. That's for another show, everybody. I know. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, this one, I don't know. I don't have too much to say, I guess, other than what's already been said. But yeah, I agree, Kev. I've always really loved that opening uh, guitar riff. Uh, it's really fun to play and, and, and sort of interesting voicing. It's not something that I would normally go to, but you know, always fun to come back around to and play. And yeah, I mean, obviously this is like a huge cliff song. And I think for like a long time, um, you know, when I was younger, when I was first listening to this song, I didn't really realize how much bass soloing and noodling was actually going on just because the tone on his bass had so much distortion on it already that I just, I think thought that it was just guitar. But then if you, you know, you have a good pair of headphones and you listen to this, uh, you could really hear a lot of what he's doing on this song. And yeah, I mean, this is, yeah, this is his opus. This is his sort of his peak here. And uh, well, I think one that they didn't really play, I, th I think probably understandably so, just in respect to him, but that they didn't play until I think they played this album in its entirety. Uh, 
I don't know, was it like a download festival or something like that? I don't remember. I remember watching it on YouTube one night. I'd have to go back exactly and see when it was, but yeah, uh, super, super cool song. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. You know, I'll, I'll uh, <laughs> sure. um, maybe back up a little bit here and, and, and say that this might be my most disappointing song of the album being that i don't know about that <laughs> yeah i mean here here i go with this one because i mean this band had rush level chops like rush yeah. level chops and they take eight and a half minutes and put out another iron maiden level instrumental okay maybe it's a yeah, little bit better than maiden but like it's just like it's it's, it's really is a disappointment to when you're allocating a very significant chunk of my vinyl to your experiments <laughs> Money, money. I, yeah. <laughs> like, I, like, yeah. I, I feel like they could have brought more. Um, they can't put yeah. their experiments on my I vinyl. I don't know that I'd go that far to call this whole uh, thing an experiment. For, uh, yeah, that's way too far. But I'm just saying, like, with the uh, complexity and dexterity of Master of Puppets, the title track, um, with battery and just the machinery of the band, just, just well-oiled and firing on all 12 cylinders, to sit there and plot in 12 8 just that i mean it's just uh you know it's it's not bad but it really rings of missed potential on what it could have been considering the chops that they had developed at that time and i also have to point out this part here this little run here with them would have killed them to get the right note on that take like he plays the scale yeah, and then he plays the flat nine. Like, would it have killed them to be like, dude, Kirk? I don't know. <laughs> like, no, just, just go back. Just do it I don't again. know. I, like, come I don't, on. Like, they, they had plenty of time in the studio on this. What was with that? No, it's funny. You, uh, it's funny. You, that was actually the next part I was going to have Kevin throw out. Uh, cause I, I don't know. I personally, uh, maybe you just picked it up more than I did, but I, yeah, with a flat note, but I, I thought that, then that, what was that? It's about 620. I thought that was yeah. a beautiful kind of, Again, not not uh, flat note, not flat note, notwithstanding. I thought that because again, it's uh, it's it's a lot fatter. It's like okay, they had this very kind of almost like neck pickup kind of soloing, and then all of a sudden they just kind of load it uh, the back end up and on that end uh, that last like twenty seconds or whatever of that section. It just and sounds I, I rank. Know, like and it. Kevin, you'll know what I'm talking about. The band is not a rank group of players. Clearly, at this point, they weren't on the first album. Um, Kevin, you, I mean, like, this, doesn't this sound like? Somebody's practicing their scales and band, and they just keep screwing oh, oh it up. I, I'm getting asked yes to jump in in between the baseball bats here. Um, I, I do kind of know what you mean, Mark, just because, like, it's that 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 run sounds like something I would have written when I thought that would was yeah. cool, you know. And it just like when I was having, a, yeah, I got a lead guitar, I got my first nice guitar. I I, I don't know. Does it? ruin the whole song i'm i'm not yeah, sure whole, just, i, I just, see your point I, I, what's the excuse for it i don't know uh that 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 we we will never know um i think it's time to close this out <laughs> yeah. though, with damaging <laughs>
track on the album. This is The Closer. I'm not sure if this song really feels like a closer to me, but it, it really is incredible, the depth of this album. I think Alex mentioned it on that they just hit the ground running, you know, all 12 cylinders finally, uh, firing, and, and they just have just like a, a machine gun riff like that this deep in the album. Look, I, I, I don't like the go on the solo. I mean, that's... that's. <laughs> I was just about to say that. <laughs> I mean, it's like, you know, again, a Bodum thing that maybe I don't like about Bodum. Um, we're constantly doing that. But uh, the, um, I mean, just to have a riff that cool, this deep into an album is just, you know, again, it's more riffs than, you know, three bands have written in their entire careers at this point. All right. Yeah, this is another fascinating, um, as far as the be- the beginning, the uh, uh, the bass walls are just, again, it just builds the mood. And again, it just wor- seems to work a lot more seamless than on a lot of, again, a lot of their earlier uh, stuff, and then all of a sudden you have that kind of where it's almost like a. I think it might still be the bass again. And then all of a sudden it launches into that. Yeah, and just and then it launch. Yeah, this is a song that's definitely it's unapologetically just a rager. Yeah, there's no maybe that's why it worked better for me. Yeah, this is one of my favorite songs on the record. Um, yeah, there's just yeah, um, and again yeah, kind of a uh, again another song kind of. Yeah, James kind of, this is probably maybe the most kind of basic as as far as his social commentary, uh, uh, pretty much as standing up for truth in the, yeah, in the face of unimaginable uh, horror, but unfortunately uh, resorting to violence, which I think yeah, that's a common theme for James throughout this era. Yeah, yeah you kind of, yeah, you, you push forward not by using your brain, you push forward by, yeah, using your fists or whatever. And again, yeah, just the the riffs in here, probably more than any other, uh, even more than battery. I think it just it really cuts deeper here. Um, and I actually had this. Yeah, Kevin, yeah, you pretty much covered my uh, I loved that you cover inside my head. You picked out that moment where you've got almost like that uh, that instrumental break there with almost like that weird reverby kind of swell in the background of the riffing. I just mm-hmm. I've always really liked that uh, again. Yeah, using that word "weedle" again, and won't be the last time. Yeah, there is a little bit of that, uh, especially towards the end of the song. But maybe again, sometimes yeah, if it with the rager, sometimes the weedling solos work. You can't really. It's hard to do uh, a very kind of tasteful like melodic solo, and I so I think it works. It works here. So yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, this song is a super super cool song, but one kind of like the past Metallica records and maybe you're noticing a trend here where it gets to me but the uh the last songs on the albums usually seem to be the ones that I uh, you know have the least memory with um but yeah because I knew like with Metal Militia I wasn't the biggest fan of it and I think unanimously we all didn't really care for Call of Cthulhu but I mean this is the (laughs) this is easily the best of the three there but it's just that I always preferred everything else before it so much. But it really is such a strong song. I love sort of that opening, like you were saying, like the swells. Uh, and I, I always love the damage incorporate, like the little talk whispers, uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> as, the, as the thrash part comes comes doing. And, and one thing I've realized here, if you listen to this song... I almost feel like they're they're ending the record with this song and kind of foreshadowing where they're going to be going on Injustice for All. And I feel like I can almost kind of hear this song on that record. It's the closer I, too. It, yeah, it's it's almost like all right, this is this is it. 
we're kind of teasing where we might be going on the next record and then you put on black and from injustice for all and it's like okay i i, I can kind of see where that um that bridge kind of comes into play there so yeah it's uh it's a cool song it it's it's gonna be really hard to get rid of anything on this record because everything is just so good but i don't know i'm gonna have to really do some thinking here but that's where i'm gonna leave it oh yeah. it's an interesting note that uh, you uh, have terminated the closer on the first two metallica records and you have bought the second to last song on both records Oh, oh, I guess Orion is getting a bite tonight. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'd go that far, but uh, we'll see. Um, <laughs> the only comment I was going to really make that has been said already is that I kind of like how the album is bookended with Battery and Damage yep. Incorporated. Um, it, it, just, it just feels like it starts the way it ends. And I don't know if they were thinking about that. They weren't doing some kind of dream theater full circle deal here. But um, I I, I kind of like that because it, it, you have that. This is Battery is kind of a, a more deep song, but still coming from their roots. And then you, you get the switch it up songs in the middle, but you, you still like, oh, we can thrash at the end. And I appreciate that. I just kind of like the way it finishes. Yeah, I mean, it lyrically, musically, and just like from perspective of like a personal, you know, perspective, like that's they're very similar in bookending the album. Yep, absolutely. All right, all right, seven for the buy. Here we go. Uh, for those of you who have not heard this before, <laughs> just skipping for Master of Puppets. Uh, we are asked uh, up to seven questions by Chris. First one to three correct one gets an extra buy for our. Love it or flush it uh, section, or an extra terminate. We'll see what happens on this album. But the uh, uh, the the winner gets an extra buy, and the loser goes home if they interrupt Chris this time. There we go. Okay, I'm glad we got that uh, cleared up. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, okay, here we go. All right. Yeah, quit, quit it, Mister. <laughs> <laughs> or I'll All right. You. You're right. <laughs> yeah. you um, anyway. Right. Yeah. God. <laughs> All right, first question. I've uh, got a multiple choice here. Um, who was initially briefly approached to produce the record? Uh, was it A, Bob Rock, B, Tom Werman, C, Getty Lee, or D, Andy Johns? That was, that was, that was Mark. I think that was Mark. Yeah, Getty Lee. You are right. All right, got, got this. That's pretty good. Yeah, All right, you got Mark. The air horn didn't work out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Getty Lee. <laughs> yeah. Getty Lee. <laughs> Okay. Boy, there I was we ready go. to okay, butt one. right in on that one. All right. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> you got to hold yourself back all right. here. <laughs> all right. True or false? Uh, the idea of the swelled intro in Damage Inc. came from a classic musical comp- composition by Hayden called Come Sweet Death. Yes. Yes, Alex. Sorry, I'm not quite sure if my horn was working here. Sorry, uh, yeah. I think it's coming through now. Okay. All right, let's, uh, let's make sure we got that in there. Yeah, uh, I am going to say false on there. I believe the song title is correct, but yes. you said it was by... So I think it's a different composer. I, I don't recognize you, you know, Hayden. You, you are correct. Do you know who? Do you want to take a swing at... Uh at who the right composer is. Okay, okay. If he gets this right, does he get an extra buy on top of a potential extra buy? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's a true uh, or false thing. I don't, I don't need you, to yeah. do that. That's <laughs> fine. Okay. If you had to guess, think as far as iconic, there, there, there's, of that era, there's pretty much like three or four iconic 
Um, <laughs> I think I would say Bach. I don't know. You are you are yeah. correct. Oh well. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> a celebratory. Uh... <laughs> oh God. All right. No. No. No gloating. All right. Okay. No. Even though I was kind of jumping in there a little bit. Um, Prolific all right, composer, another... though, Hayden, by the way. If we ever yes. do a, uh, a discography discussion on Joseph Hayden, it's going to go into the next okay. decade. Yeah, let's see. I wouldn't mind taking that, uh, taking that trip. Six years later, for the, for the hardest core, I like the Sky fans. <laughs> yeah. yeah, classical music from the 1600s. For those of you who are yeah. now interested in Metallica, we're going to move on to a little bit of Joseph Hayden and uh, yeah. the father of the string quartet. All right. All right, anyway, okay, let's get back on track here. All right, uh, another multiple choice here. Okay, in 2015, uh, Master of Puppets became... Uh, well, what is Kick that? Kick him out! No, sorry, that right. was an accident. That was not supposed to be going off. I was just trying to switch right. my uh, my volume okay, here. Okay, all right, I'll let that, I'll let that slide. <laughs> all right, okay, in 2015, uh, Master of Puppets became the first metal album to achieve what? Uh, was it A, induction into the Grammy Hall of Fame? B, preservation in the Library of Congress, or C, uh, a place on Time Magazine's top 100 albums of all time. That was, that was Mark. That was Mark. Okay. I'm sorry, Kevin, that you're not the too. Library of Congress. You are correct. Oh. I'm sorry, Kevin. I know you gotta. I guess you just gotta. Uh, I'm not. I, I, you know, I'm not well versed in my I'm out on the wrong answer anyway. <laughs> oh, God. No, that I knew. I actually knew that that was live. Yeah, okay, go ahead, Chris. Go ahead. Let's keep going. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, true or false? Though a success by metal standards, the album just missed the top uh, Billboard uh, uh, top fifty. Oh wait. Is it Mark? Top fifty. <laughs> You want me to read it? You want me to read it again? Yeah, yeah, read it, read Too it bad. again. You, you, no, no, he knows what the question is. <laughs> Answer know, the question. Top 50, 5, 0. Answer, true, false. Oh, boy. No, I said, okay, I'll read it one more time because the there was just too much shenanigans going on here. Scroll through Wikipedia real quick. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> no. All right. Okay, no looking at the screen, just looking down and not looking at your phone. Okay, Hold on. <laughs> All right. Hey mister, you're all <laughs> you're thin ice. Yeah, you're gonna be trapped <laughs> under ice soon. Yeah. <laughs> ding ding. Okay, anyway. All right, I had to throw that in there. Right, right, right. Here pun. I go, here I go. Uh it was a six times <laughs> platinum album. I know it was huge huge sales despite having no it was like basically set the template for those who sell albums without getting okay. radio players so i'm just gonna go oh. all out and say true it did hit the top 50 uh you're you are correct oh, yeah you kind of got yes. by the way nice. yes you, you are correct nice yeah work. it made uh, number 29 oh wow uh, is this mark's is that his third I, 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 uh that is his yeah. third yeah I, yeah pretty much yeah, what, yeah the question oh. was yeah i was it, it, i started I, I phrased the uh, true or false as a trick question that it just uh uh, that it missed the top fifty, and he technically got it. He, yeah, he said tr uh, that it made the top fifty. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, so, I, I knew it charted yeah. in the top hundred. I, yeah. I, I don't remember if it actually crossed. So yeah, 50. so you, yeah, so you kind of, you kind of had it bad, but you essentially got it right. Yeah, because right. you did. I'm say confused, that it, but yeah, that I, I, I get through life. That's how it goes. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, yeah, yeah, you were, my way yeah, you were technically correct. <laughs> okay, so I guess Mark, Mark got that. Love it. Or flush it. All right, All right. So, uh, Here we go. For those of you who have not uh, uh, heard this episode, we are buying, terminating, loving, or flushing each track on the album. And take it away, Alex. 
All right, I'm going to start off here. Order is going to be myself, Mark, Kevin, and Chris. First song on the record, Battery, Easy, Love for Me. My, uh, who is it my favorite opener that they have so far up until this point? I don't know. Hit the lights is way up there, but man, what a, uh, what a thrasher. So anyway, Easy Love for Me. Mark, what are you going to give it? Uh, I don't know. I think I was going to buy this even if I didn't have my extra buy, but ring me up for this one. Oh. Oh, really? Uh, That's going. What, what, uh, nice. what I think this does uh, beat Fight Fire with Fire and uh, Hit the Lights. Not that those two aren't great as well. I love both of them. And uh, the S&M version of this is really cool in that that intro is played by uh, just the quartet, the violins and the violas and the cellos. And it just uh, brings another depth to the song that, uh, that you know really makes you appreciate, too, when those guitars hit in. I actually don't know if I've heard that version. And I do know they, uh, you know, by the time you listen to this podcast, they are releasing an S&M 2 so oh, I, yes. wonder, I wonder yes. if uh, that's going to be on that track listing. I haven't yeah. dove Actually, in. Actually, that was the first uh, time I heard Battery was on SNM. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's been a while since I've but, listened but, to that. But, but no Michael what, Common or Kamen directing this time, of course, since he is. Oh, right, right. Since, you know, pro- prolific yeah. uh, composer who worked with a lot of rock bands, including Queen's. Ah, very nice. But uh, I, I, I'm giving this a love, just awesome. so you know. Okay, anything else? Got, uh, anything else you want to say? Or just keep it short? It's a lot. Okay, <laughs> all right. Chris, what do you think? Yeah, yeah same, a big lo- yeah same with me, a, a big love. Yeah, just yeah, the intro in particular, just a very strong, kind of clean into heavy. I think this is where they really kind of un- got into that groove and understood yeah, that transitional, compositional idea. And yeah, so I, yeah, I love it. It's a great way to start a record. <laughs> cool. All right, well, let's move on over to the title track. Uh, One of the most popular Metallica tracks ever, a live staple, Master of Puppets. I got to give it a love. I I really do. I mean, it it is maybe one of those songs where I'm a little tired of hearing these days, but then I remembered that super heavy, hard mosh part at the end, and I'm like, man, all right, I'll sit through it to get to that part, and that part gets me going. So it was... uh, it perked my ears, and it was nice to still get excited about this song, you know, after all these years. So I'll give it a love, Mark. Um, you know, also coming from the same place, I uh, would not, you know, I, I don't know that I would have gone so far to do the, you know, the hot take and flush this because I've heard it so many times, or I would just like not to hear it ever again would be fine with me. But again, when you dig into it and really explore the magnum opus that is, uh, you know, to their career at this point, it's no less than a love for me. Cool. All right, Kev, what do you think? Yeah, I gotta agree with that. When you when you dig into the song, and you know, I was doing and I was exercising this week, and it, you know, it came on. And I'm like, yeah, you know, here's this riff that I know about, but then it gets the blood going. You know, <laughs> you get into the song, so I'm giving it a Sweet. love. Chris, oh man, too bad I only get one terminate. No, I'm just kidding. No, hopefully, I didn't. <laughs> hopefully, I didn't just suck the oxygen out of the uh, out of the podcast, but. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, I, I would be an absolute fool to terminate you this. You terminated um, jump. No, I, I, I can't. There, this is just too. Yeah, this is kind of one of those. As a band, this is the kind of song that you'd be proud to have in your discography. And yeah, nicely. Played. Not gonna buy it. Not gonna buy it. But I'm gonna give it a strong, 
uh, yeah, strong love. Look, strong squeeze. He's squeezing this one tonight. Yeah. Before yeah. we move on, that's an interesting point considering, or at least I guess, you know, I guess that's my point bringing it up that, uh, is this their jump? I mean, it's obviously not as poppy, but, um, you know, in some ways this is kind of the band's 1984 and, uh, uh, the self-titled or the black album being the, uh, the band's 5150, uh, and justice for all kind of being an, uh, I guess a bonus album <laughs> in between. Uh, I've always kind of made that comparison. <laughs> yeah, in my head. I guess, yeah, I guess you could, uh, yeah, that's, I never thought about it, but you're right. Cause I mean, for me, I mean, 1984 is much more consistent. Uh, from top to bottom, which I guess you could say this is where uh, the Black Album is not, which for me, 5150 uh, was not consistent, but there's a couple of great moments on there. Yeah. I know you mate. Uh, so, yeah, I guess I could see that parallel. Yeah. Those are those are fighting words. Yeah, right? yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Trust me. I, and I, <laughs> I, I look, yeah. You can tune back. Yeah. Yeah, so we don't need go to. pull it up if you want to listen to those fireworks. Go listen to our Van Halen podcast, right, yeah. everybody. Please. <laughs> no, yeah. All right. Anyway. <laughs> All right. So you're going to give this one a love. All right. Well, let's move I, on I over to the thing that should not be. Ah, this is tough because I love this song so much. Do I do I bring it into a buy territory here? I like it because I feel like there's nothing else like it on the record. And I think it has a lot to do with that drop D tuning and just how eerie and heavy it is. But I think I will just give it a strong love. One of my favorites on the album, possibly favorite. It's it's tough, but uh, yeah, I'll leave I'll leave it at a strong love, Mark. Um, yeah, I mean it, it's it's heavy and mean enough, and I enjoy the fact that it uh, is almost chorusless, or um, you know, just that sometimes Metallica songs would be better served uh, taking more inspiration from the thing that should not be. So love from me. Cool. All right, Kev, what do you think? I think this. Hey. Wow. Very nice. I, yeah. I'm going to I'm going to give it the buy. I'm going to give it the buy that Alex was debating Good. he should. Good. Yes, I absolutely love this song. It's one of these standout riffs, standout songs on this album, uh, an album of standout songs, and it, it's not like I wasn't familiar with the song before this podcast but i put this one on again and the riff just hit me right in the gut and it rocks the entire time i have to give it nice all right Uh, chris this this is really gonna be controversial because i do i do love the riffing on here uh, and i know we have <laughs> oh, to no. and i know we have to oh, we, no. i know we have to terminate one song no we don't but uh, I, no we don't chris we, we really yeah no, but no, again you don't yeah, have keep, to. yeah keep your monster songs off my social commentary uh, records chris i'm sorry i didn't hear that something was breaking up uh chris what did you say again you said that was a buy on that one <laughs> yeah, I'll 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 buy the I'll buy, I'll buy the uh, the wreckage. Yeah, no, I, I don't keep your monster <laughs> songs off my album or, or, or social commentary. Yeah, or off my social commentary oh. records. But yeah, this was okay. a very all right. As, I mean, I'm gonna be honest. I, I, I didn't want it. I am the only person whose buys get eliminate with terminates. Yeah, that's it. I'm just buying everything I, else. I, 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 I just else. want to preface. I mean, when I when I, I was bought again it, so going over my final two to one. Damn it. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Well, I love the multiple. I love the layered uh, ooze there. <laughs> I know, that was, think uh, about some of the greatest social commentary albums of all time. Like, think about, like, the Wu-Tang Clan or something, and then they have yeah. a monster track in the middle of it. Like, I like it. This is Metallica wanna, here I, we're I, talking I, I, about. I just want to emphasize before you guys totally tear me up. I When I was listening no, to no, this for no, the no, final time, last night, I mean, I 
I had a hard time trying to eliminate any of these songs, even flushing anything. I couldn't. So this was a very reluctant kill because the riffing on here is great, but I just compared to the rest of the album as far as the yeah the uh, I guess as far as the the topical nature. Yeah, this song just kind of as I was listening to it a little bit more objectively, I was kind of like, yeah, this doesn't. But maybe like I said, if they yeah if they would have maybe again thrown out Call of Cthulhu on uh, Ride the Lightning and put this in there, like great. Okay, that fits the kind of the more demonic feel of that album. Uh, even with uh, again, yeah, that was more of a mixture of kind of more supernatural and social commentary. But here, this album is very much kind of looking at society. Mm. And again, you thrown in this weird kind of sea monster trek. It just was like, meh. it was great. All right, I got, I, 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 I got to be brutal. That's what we do here. We're we're objective. That's what our podcast. Look, you rated it a nine point five, and you have to terminate one, and you have to flush one. So hard yeah. Yeah. to be made. I understand. Fair enough. Yep. All right. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm I'm just gonna say I'm gonna hold my terminate and, and wait until other people buy stuff and then just drop it whether I like the song or not. No, yeah. <laughs> so, fair enough. All right, no, all right. All right well, let's... no, no, I'm not. I get it, Chris. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll move on to the final song of side one. Uh, I would say the ballad of the album. I think uh, "Welcome Home Sanitarium." Uh, because I passed on. A ballad on the last record. I think I'm going to include it on my playlist here. I think this is going to be my buy, guys. Uh, it's, a, it's a strong nice. song. I like playing the riff. Not my favorite song, but I'm like, all right, I think it's about time. The past two songs I've bought were uh, were thrashy, heavy ones, so let's bring it down a little bit, at least, at least with that intro. Uh, super strong song that I, I still enjoy listening to today, so ring it up. Mark, what do you think? Here comes Mark with the yeah, big T. Yeah, I mean, I'll put it, you know, here. This used to be my favorite Metallica song when I was little. Um, I, <laughs> when I was a baby. Yeah, I know. When I was, when I grew, then I grew up. Six months old. We laughed. Welcome Home Sanitarium, my favorite Metallica song. And I, in listening to this, I uh, for this pray, or show prep, I put it on and I listen to the first two minutes and I was like, why? Like, why did I like this so much? And, and like, it, it grew a little bit more on me and, and it is really, I like how the song structure develops and it doesn't go back to the verse chorus of the original. It just almost feels like he's broken out of his sanatorium and it just, you know, his, his head is just exploding, you know, as it becomes more and more metal, you know, throughout the song. Um, but uh, you know, and I also would say that Queensryche does this better. You know, they they make this topic, uh, you know, they make it sing. And that's not default Metallica. And I do think that there is enough unique this unique quality of this song that it's deserving of my second buy. Wow. You were really stringing us along I there. I like that. Yeah, you <laughs> were. Sneaky guy. Look, look, Creeping yeah. Death and Welcome Home Sanatorium. That's a great one-two one, punch. punch. That's kind of what I was yeah. thinking as yeah. well. All right, Kev, what do you think? Uh, I'm going to give this a love. Um, this, this one just... It's got a great atmosphere. You know what a sucker I am for songs with great atmosphere. Yeah. So give, give it a, a big Kevin's love for me. Kevin's thick atmospheres. Yeah. Okay, atmospheres yes. of Saturn. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong. Oh, God, yeah. Our board is going to be filled up by the time we really get our, yeah. our, uh, our, our momentum going, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, yeah, if I had another buy, I probably would have bought this, but, uh, I'm saving that for, uh, something else. Uh, so we're going to give it a strong love. Okay. All right. All right. Well, let's move on to side two, disposable heroes. What am I going to give this one? 
I do like this song a lot. I, I really do. It's long. Uh, and one little thing that I noticed when uh, we were on the Ride the Lightning episode, not to divulge too too much here, or uh, what's that word I'm thinking of? Digress too much here. But apparently yeah. they this song was written before... Uh, before Master of Puppets, like they were playing this song on the Ride the Lightning tour. There's some videos of them playing this, I think, in like '85, which was wow, kind of okay. a cool little tidbit. But yeah, uh, I, I think it's too strong to let go. Um, I, I think it's a safe song. It, 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 there's a lot of cool parts in it that I really like. Like I said, I really like that chugging in the beginning. I just think it's a cool mood. So yeah, I'm going to give it a love. I think I'll give it a love. Mark, what do you think? Um, I don't want to, but I feel like I have to flush this song. It's, it's a, I, don't, I don't feel like I can give it a love. Shame on you. Yeah, it, it's too long, and it falls into the category of perhaps didn't age so well. Not to Metallica's fault, but just that there is more, there's better Metallica by the numbers than Metallica by the numbers uh, out there for me to listen to in 2020. Okay. Mm. Okay. Kev, what do you think? Okay. Um, I am. Oh, oh boy. I think the sound says it all. <laughs> you guys didn't convince me. And unfortunately, Alex kind of pulled the handle when he was talking about his reasons. I for, shouldn't for have said anything about Trapped Under Ice. That's what did it. No, no, it was the fact that it, you said it's too long. Not it was a long song. You said that, and you said something. It, it, like I, I don't remember exactly the right phrase, but it wasn't it wasn't vibing with me. So yeah, down down the handle okay. it goes. Well, Chris, well, are we saving this one? Is the rubber glove coming I, out or what? <laughs> no, I I I really have always loved this song, and you know, just to stick it to my two co-hosts over well, there. The rubber, so the rubber glove <laughs> is coming out. It is Chris's rubber glove. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, it never went in the toilet for me. It was always there. I mean, I will agree. I think Mark said it is a little long, but I just love, yeah, again, just kind of the, the guttural yeah, kind of, again, the guitar playing is very basic, but it kind of, again, it's got that kind of battlefield to it. Uh, I love, again, James' reflections on the, like, we'll do what I say when I say back to the front. I don't know. I just always right. love that. Right. It's just yeah, too it's much just, of it, that, though. It's just, this album yeah. does not need I don't know, like, three yeah. eight and a half minute long songs. You know yeah. what there was too much of for me when I was listening to it while mowing yeah. the grass? Back to the front! Yeah. Back to the front! Flash. Back to the front! Yeah, I don't know how you... Back to the front! Again, it's got... <laughs> again, I don't know how many war movies you've seen, but it kind of fits. Yeah, it's it's kind of fits right. for me. I am not in war. I don't want to hear it all the time. Back to the front! Okay, well, yeah, then, then go to a different song. I mean, I... No, no! You can do such things. Yeah, yeah, that's why you've got a. That's why you've got a next one. Yeah, if you don't. Uh, that's where it's, again, here everything's objective, but uh, sometimes you gotta kind of. The show of opinions, and your it. opinion is wrong. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you gotta throw. He, I got you. Yeah, you, you gotta. Uh, he, sometimes you gotta. Uh, you're a butthead. Yeah, sometimes you gotta enlighten your uh, your uh, your friends every once in a while. You gotta stand up to them. So, yeah. Hey, two loves uh, and two flushes. That's not it's, bad. It's it's honestly honestly. It's I, I I I poke fun. It's really not that bad, but I do have to flush sure, something okay. in this album. Yeah, that's all, all right. <laughs> well, let's move on over to Leper Messiah. As I stated earlier, it's my stock is rising song. I feel like it's a uh, one of my favorite deep cuts by the band in general. 
uh, kind of hit me at a younger age, and still to this day, there's something about it that I, I really like, so I'm going to give it a love. Mark? Flush. Yeah, well, whatever. Oops. <laughs> wow, that was fast. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't mean to hit the the T yeah. button for that one. Okay, I'm I wasn't sure if you were getting ahead of, ahead of yourself. I, yeah. I knew. I knew that yeah. was coming, but that's okay. Kev. Oh, I, I meant to hit the T button oh, for myself. Man, well, yeah. I got. I got to terminate something. This, this is it. Um, I do like the part at, at at three minutes and how it switches something up, but I have to terminate something here, and, and this is just the one that 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 gets the bill. Okay. Yeah, all right. Because I know I was talking very positive about it uh, in my uh, my critique of the song, but yeah, I know I got to flesh something, and I guess I guess I got to flesh this. I know it's probably the deepest al- uh, track on the album, uh, and again, not something that it's not the song I jump to when I listen to this. But I again, I still like I, I still like to know that it's out there somewhere, and when I when I yeah when I need it, I can go look for it. Yeah. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, in the sewers. Yeah, I know. Okay. Uh, All right. Get well, out your rubber glove. Let's yeah, move on. Right. Yeah, so yeah, that, okay. That's yeah, my rubber glove song on here. Okay. It's down there, but I want to. I want to have the option. I will, of, Chris's thing. rubber glove. Yeah, yeah. I will say for a song that had two flushes and a terminate, it's really not that bad of a song. It's it's such a good album. No. It's great. no These are all, no, all, yeah, that, all of my negativity towards the record, or as far as just within the context of our show, it's all it's all reluctant. It's all like okay, within our sure following our parameters, I have to do what I have to terminate and I have to flush. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you gotta like, make right. the strong yeah, sure. point stronger. You gotta. Yeah. 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 I, I certainly didn't really want to terminate this song, yeah. but I, I gotta press the button. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I feel like that's uh, kind of where we're getting into that territory with me. So let's move on over to Orion. I mean, I, I really do. I love the riff, I've always loved playing it. But uh, it, it's something, in, I don't know, it's an instrumental. It's the best instrumental piece that the band has done yet. Uh, any other day, I, I would save it. But, you know, thanks to the rules of the show, I got to abide by them. So just because I like everything that precedes it a little bit more, I think I'm going to have to give it the old flush. A reluctant flush, but got to do it. Mark, what do we think? There we go. Save every last second of that flush before it gets the big T from me. Oh, it's big T. Uh, not a cliff fan, I guess. Oh, I'm a fan of level chops. No, no, I'm not. I'm, criti- I'm criticizing the the guy to my Iron left Maiden on the screen right here. Yeah, level instrumentals. You have Rush level chops. I want to hear more of that. If Rush put out an instrumental like Orion, oh, could you imagine? I know they're putting out YYZ and all that good stuff. So. You know, it's you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because because they almost got Getty to produce. You wonder if Orion would have sounded different if they would have had Getty behind the council. It yeah, would have been something yeah. to hear, I think. Possibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's there's something as far as what could have been. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Kev, what do you think? All right. Well, uh, I think Chris is going to be happy with me and I'm going to give this song a love. It is not a perfect song, but is my favorite instrumental of Mm -hmm. theirs. Right. I think the riffs are great. I do like the the clean section. I think there's a lot going on there. Um, Could some fat have been trimmed? Perhaps it is quite long, but yeah, I'm still going to give it a love. Okay, Chris, what do you think? Uh, yeah, it's a love for me. Uh, I pretty much, I don't have to re-explain everything. Yeah, again, just from the, yeah, that riff, yeah, to the opening, kind of ominous bass swell, uh, yeah, to the, yeah, I know, I can see now, I didn't think of that before, but I know, Mark, as far as the Iron Maiden connection, I can kind of see that now in some of the guitar 
I think it's a little bit better here, a little bit fatter sounding, so I'm not going to be that too critical. But I mean, they were big Maiden fans. I mean, they're yeah, the new wave of British heavy metal was big, yep. and this was kind of I mean, this was during Maiden's peak too in '85, '86. So Some yeah, so there's time. a lot. I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure there's a, they're absorbing a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. So, but it's yeah. still it's still too unique and great. I've I've always loved it just personally. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's move on to the final song of the album, and that's going to be Damage Incorporated. Uh, like I said, uh, it was really hard just because, I mean, this is almost like a perfect album. Like, there's really not much you can get rid of at all. I mean, it's it's eight songs, and it's almost like a, it's like an all-star team of a record right here. But, it, I mean, if I have to pick any song on here that I, you know, I looked at it today, and I'm like, oh, yeah, how does that one go again? And then I listened to it, and I'm like, oh, yeah, where it didn't have that immediacy to me, kind of like a Metal Militia thing where it was kind of buried... And like I said, it, they uh, it sort of foreshadows Injustice for All, and that's top three record for me. So I, I would say I'll give it the T. Damage Incorporated. Got, Yikes, gotta, okay. gotta, <laughs> gotta play the rules, but I don't know. I, I feel like they do this kind of thing. Uh, I don't know. It just it didn't stand out to me, I guess. Terminated but, every closer. You know. I had to do it. I had, I had to pick one. <laughs> I had to pick one. It was hard, but I had to do it. Mark, what do you think? Uh, an unremarkable closer, but still good enough, I think. It's definitely not up there uh, in terms of all-time Metallica closers. We'll get there, um, but uh, good enough for love. Okay. All right. Kev, what do you think? Yeah. I would agree with that. Um, like I said, I like the way it kind of bookends the album. Uh not the best metallic closer, but it closes the al- like when it closes the album, I'm satisfied. So I, I, can't I would say it's it. the best Metallica closer up until now. Mm, I agree. Better, yeah, better well, than that's, Call yeah, of Duty and Metal Mush. I mean, I guess maybe okay, that's so not saying that's, much. That's, but, that's, well, that's, okay, okay, that's yes, but I'm talking about <laughs> overall. Sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and you know me, I like a strong yes, closer. Well, so here's, yes, this he actually does. is an interesting <laughs> point here because um, the closers have performed very poorly with Metallica. Um, I am the only one who has loved a closer. Every other closer has been flushed or terminated to this point. Uh, and Damage Inc. seems like it's doing a little bit better. Chris, do you give it the balance? Do you tip it over to the love, or do you close it out with a flush? I haven't bought anything yet, and I'm buying this one. Oh, yeah. Whoa. I wasn't paying attention. Jeez. Yeah, I, uh, just for me personally, I can't tell you why I've just always loved, I don't know if it's just unapologetically a rager, uh, and with the, I don't know, I just, yeah, again, with the intro, the, like, the swell, the build-up, uh, that one part that, that Kevin played in the, uh, in the, uh, just the, the, the sound clip, yeah, where the, you've got this kind of reverby kind of whatever you want to call it like almost like bell behind the riff or like this big kind of gong or whatever i just yeah i don't know it uh it's just a very kind of unique kind of blistering guttural song for me with a lot of again not very sophisticated but again it has its moments sure and it just always as far as yeah this was always like the one deep cut of the early years that i always really liked and uh i can't tell you why again it's just i think i've used the uh the term as far as it just tickles the inner uh uh, audible sense senses in a specific way for Gets me that kind of connects more exactly yeah so that's why i mm. uh why i gotta give it the buy so okay. has anyone changed their opinion i was a seven chris you were 9.5 alex nine kevin eight anybody changed their rating from the beginning based on our discussion 
No, I'm... no, not really. I uh, yeah, except for yeah, yeah, just for it's very minor details for me as far as if I have if there is any issue with this album as far as just, again I had with the the thing that should not be. I mean, I know that's kind of a trivial, uh, but after again looking at this album critically, I have to I had to kind of demote at least half a point for just consistency on a record. Sure. Uh, Ooh, yeah. So he's going down to a nine. No, I'm still at nine point five. I'm saying yeah, that's what brought it because because oh, if it wasn't for I probably I was thinking I, I almost gave it a ten just because of how important it, the album's been to me as a guitar player and just yeah that was just sure. one of those. But after really okay being older now and kind of looking at things more critically, still very high up there for me. Uh, but yeah, just for these minor kind of little kind of like almost yeah yeah kind of nothing details, I just had to kind of I had to dock it a little bit. Sure. Okay, Kevin, you still at an eight? I'm staying the same. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'll I'm stick with a seven. That. You know, I had my reasons just, you know, and a lot of it, again, isn't Metallica's fault. But, uh, you know, the high points are a bit uh, um, tired at this point. You really have to dig in to find, uh, you know, uh, more interesting things in the songs that you've heard a million times, which is good because it's multi-layered. But I think that there is uh, something about an album that just is so classic. And I'm thinking, like, yeah. I, I, I don't know if I could put I mean, Chris, I can see where you're coming from with a 10. I just don't feel like like an album I would give a 10 might be like Operation Mindcrime or something. That's just a, mm-hmm. you know, you can go into it at any time right. and at any place and I, in the album. Maybe some of the, the, the skit tracks are right. goofy, yeah. but it's a concept album. So yeah. And again, I uh, again, yeah. I'm looking at not that I come back to this record a lot. I mean, I'll I'll go more on the next record is probably the one I listen to the most. But uh, sure. of, of their discography. But yeah, here I was just yeah. Yeah, as far as just looking at it objectively and looking at my history with it, I mean, it is. It's uh, there's a lot of great. It was an important record to me, kind of again as a budding rock fan and guitar player. And yeah, there's just a lot of yeah, yeah, a lot of moments here that I had to give it a higher. I had to push it up there. Sure. Yeah, well, yeah. we're getting there. Right. And before we do, uh, let's pick our thirty seconds that best represent where this band was at this time with this album. I've got an idea, but I'll let somebody else take it because I've been taking the lead on these a couple right. of times. So who's um, got 30 seconds? Chris seems like I, you're ready to jump in. Yeah, I and I know it's kind of cliche because it's 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 a part that's so don't give me the opening riff of Master of Puppets, please. No, I'm not. No, of course not. It is in Master of Puppets, but it's the clean sound, uh, like the clean part. Uh, yeah. I, I could probably go with the end of Master of Puppets too, but I'm going to throw an oddball one in here just because it's so cool. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if it represents the band sure. at the time, but let's let's try this one and see how it fits. Yeah, uh huh. It's just cool. It's burying the needle again. Again, the the Rumsfeld. The Rumsfeld. <laughs> the I, I don't know. That is that is pretty great. I'm not yeah. So He's good. just letting it go. I'm not arguing sick. that's not great. I mean, but I mean they were doing similar things like that on Ride the Lightning. I think that's just kind of just a part of the last two like yeah, the last album. I mean it, it, I don't think it's necessarily where they're going or representation at 
But I think, yeah, just that part. And again, I know it's an overplayed part in Master of Puppets, but I think it just, again, with the, the clean part, with the harmonies, and again, it kind of leads into the heavier section of the clean river. I think it just, it kind of showed the, the different sides of where they were at this time and kind of bringing them together. Kevin, Alex, any uh, ideas? Uh, any recommendations? Well, of course, Mark, it's, Mark, it's impossible not to side with you, given that I bought yeah, that song. Yeah, I... <laughs> I love that. I love that song. I mean, that riff is so heavy, and I feel yeah. like if anything, it it just it stands out on the record. And again, I think it's just that tuning. But it's like I feel like I haven't heard them do anything like right. this or anything like it really almost right. since. It's just it's like so I mean, I would, evil and okay, okay. Weird. So it's great. Is there without fumbling around the song? Does anybody have a memory of this song that includes James and that riff? I mean, I'm just taking a shot. Oh, that last part is great, too. I mean, sound. Yeah, maybe. Regret killing this one. <laughs> I don't know. I guess. Okay. Okay. I'll. I'll. Yeah. I'll, put, I'll. I'll. As far as maybe throwing a little bit uh, of support to your argument, as far as the the, the guitar sound, I mean, is definitely representing where they are and where they're going. I mean, I don't think. It, yeah. I mean. Yeah. It's, it's not the first two records. It's definitely starting the new kind of. Yeah, the next four or five years, I guess you could say, yeah, just that heavier, kind of very like uh, punch to the gut. Not really the bright kind of blistering Marshall kind of tone. Yeah, uh, it's definitely that lower end of the spectrum. Well, I mean, uh, the, I don't. There's always this too. I mean, before we leave. playing that at right. guitar center right yeah. <laughs> i'll be honest yeah that's pretty incredible too uh yeah it's hard like, like when you when you when you said about like that leading into welcome to what yeah. like uh, uh -huh. that's, that's, that's uh -huh. tough to say no well, to. i mean it's, it's it, it is a more a better representation of the band and their multi-layering that they were getting around to and not just a mm -hmm. a hot quartet of uh six strings and or however many yeah. strings you would say yeah uh, uh, 14 strings whatever yeah. <laughs> like it, yeah. it definitely I mean, is more uh, a studio yeah. sound and just the right. way that it represents just in the end the drug just laughs at you as you die you know like whatever you know like it's it's it's, it's Ooh, a good that's kind of that's kind of interesting i never i never thought about it like that that's kind mm -hmm. of uh uh, that's kind of an interesting observation. Well, and um, I thought, like, you all know the what? different voices, I'm, too. Yeah, I'm willing to go well, with I mean, that. It's a thought, too, that I had on all the different voices, because this isn't an album just about drug addiction as the master of puppets. It's about government or, you know, whatever right, that's war. It, yeah. and, and it's kind of like all those voices just laughing at you yeah. as you, you know, okay. just are pirouetting yeah, around. That's good. So. I, li I like that observation. I think I can, just for that, I think I'll throw my uh, support to uh, the Markster over there. Okay, Alex? Right. Yeah, I I vote this song. I mean, I kind of regret not buying it now, but I'm glad that Kevin picked up the slack for me. Uh, and I've always loved this song, so yeah, I like that it'll get you kind of pumped up. And and I almost kind of like that it's not something uh, 
obvious. I mean, I almost kind of feel like, you know, picking Master Puppets is kind of obvious, and I almost like that it's like, you know, a Metallica fan would come on to Master of Puppets, normally a record that's probably pretty over-explained, and they hear it opening up with the thing that should not be, and people would be like, all right, these these guys know what they're talking about. That They're Hang digging, on, Alex. They're yeah, digging deep. Are, are, you, are you going to, uh, are you picking so, the Master So of? Alex is going for the... What's that? Uh, are you throwing your support to no, the Master I, I, of Puppets I, I, ending, I, I, or the thing that should the, not be the, the, th- the thing that should not be is what oh, I'm boy. going with. All right, so we got. I think we're not having the decider then, because uh, Chris, you and I are on the ending of Master of Puppets. Yeah, I I I can give that. Yeah, just based on what you uh, your kind of different take on Kevin. Well, what you you pick? What's it going to be? This is really so incredibly difficult because obviously I love the thing that should not be. I bought it. Incredible riff. I think I'm going to have to go with the ending of Master Puppets though. Just for that laughing alone, right. it, it's yeah. chilling. It's chilling. So, it, it, yeah. and, again, uh, and again, that's what it's going to be. Right. And again, we're not looking at it as far as favorite. We're just looking, you have to look at it again. Well, like what, what, and that's the whole part of the point of this part of the show is like what represents the album. And not necessarily our favorite part, but like, okay, that actually, that kind of sums up as far as where they were and where they were going. And I think, yeah, yeah Mark, I yeah, kind of gave as far as the looking at it from a, I don't know if you want to say lyrical or the story perspective. Yeah, that kind of. Made the uh, made me kind of think a little bit more about that part of the song okay. versus the yeah okay for yeah, our the, very uh, very last yeah. Motley yeah. Crue and Metallica comparison, <laughs> I guess we'll oh, have God. more in the future because of the Black Album. But um, yeah. it, it's interesting to hear you know the bands both uh, you know were born out of kind of that same uh, you know controversial or heavy or you know and some would say satanic or whatever. Um, obviously neither were, but, um, in the end, but I mean, the, the, the kind of thing that you would say that, uh, uh, you know, they definitely diverged, um, after the first albums, you know, between shout the devil and kill them all. And Motley Crue did their fair share of drug songs and addiction songs. And, uh, it's interesting to see what, uh, uh they would have come up with had they taken the more Metallica direction, because this is way, 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 way more mature than kickstart my heart or Dr. Feelgood or anything like that. So um, you know, one of the best representations of addiction on vinyl for sure. Thanks for listening. Uh, Metallica, uh, master of puppets, great album, uh, you know, across the board with our ratings. And, uh, unfortunately, um, you know, we're moving on a member short, uh, or I guess if you count Jason, if he is even there next record with and justice for all but um the contributions from cliff at least uh performance wise have ended unfortunately and we will see you on the other side with and justice for all.